0: Hi, this is Pastor Ben Fagelin from Bright Church. I'm so glad you're listening to this podcast. I hope this message inspires you, deepens your relationship with God, and that you're encouraged in your faith. We hope to see you soon at Bright Hey, last week, we began the year by talking about having a kingdom vision, about having vision in your heart. And you know, it really is my belief, my conviction that God has a plan for every single person. If you're here today or you're watching online and you don't know Jesus, He has a plan for your life too. The problem is you're not connected to Him, so you can't know the plan just yet. And so I really believe God's got a plan for everybody's life. And it's easy for us to get off track. That's kind of what we talked about last week. the importance of having not just vision for your your life or your your finances, your family, not just vision, but kingdom vision, you know, real conviction over what God would have you do with your family, what God would have you do with your life, with your future, with your job, with all of those things. And so how many of us understand that, you know, having a a heart that is orientated in the right direction is, is so important. Amen. Right. Okay. But I wanna be honest with you guys today and tell you that having your heart orientated in the right direction is just half of the battle. It's just half of the battle. Because how many of you know that you have to wake up the very next day and make that a reality? And I don't know how many people have plans that don't work out because it just became hard work and it's difficult and you've got to wake up every day and do it. So even though our hearts might have kingdom vision and we want to head in the right direction, sometimes we have a problem. And our problem is what I would call our programming. So another word we might use for our programming might be just our habits. So, so you have great vision for your life, but you have habits and your habits are actually what led you to be where you are now. I think that it's important that we understand that. In fact, researchers have discovered that up to 40% of the decisions that you make every day are really your habits. Can you imagine that? Nearly half of the decisions that you make every day just come down to your habits. And these small habits have a big impact on your life. And I'm telling you right now, overall will affect the journey that you take in life. I don't know about you, but if I was to ask you today, if you were gonna be honest, how many of you would say, yeah, I guess I have some habits that I'd like to change? Well, I thought this would happen, so how about this? What I should do is say, how many of you are married to a person that has some habits that they should change? Right, okay, I actually don't answer that. And of course, there's marriage counseling right after the service, okay? Some of you are just, okay, so you're not married, fine, I get it, but you have, how many of you have kids and go, yeah, my kids got habits that they need to change? Yep. Okay. There you go. So so I, I'm, I'm saying that there all of us, every single one of us, we have habits, we have things that we need to change. And I don't know if you have heard this before, but your life is headed in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Did you know that? Yeah. Your life is headed in the direction of your strongest thoughts thoughts you might have competing thoughts but it's headed in the direction of your strongest thoughts and here's what happens just so you know in other words your thoughts become your actions and your actions become your behaviors and if you repeat your behaviors they become your habits and habits have this power to affect your life in a in a big way some of these things, they're, they're, they're minor and insignificant. Some of them are, are far more significant. I remember years ago, I'd never gone snowboarding before. I wanted to um, try it out. And so I had a, a, like a coach, somebody that comes and teaches you how to do it. And the first thing that he said to me, he said, right, so are you, do you ride Switch or Goofy? Are you Switch or Goofy?" And I was like, well, I don't know what you're asking me, but I wouldn't put myself in either one of those categories. I'm not switching for anyone and I wouldn't consider myself Goofy. Well, like, what are you asking me, you know, right? And he's like, well, no, no, no. It's just the way that you ride a snowboard, you know? So are you, you know, if you ride one way, you Switch and the other way is Goofy. And I'm like, well, I don't know. And he goes, well, you're definitely one of them. I said, well, which one am I? He goes, well, come to me. I said, okay. He goes, oh, you're Goofy. I said, what? How did you know that? He said, well, the first step that you took was with your right foot. So that means that your right foot forward, that makes you goofy. I'm like, what a way to find out that I was goofy. Right in that moment, you know, all these people that could speak into my life. It was a snowboarding instructor that said, you are goofy. And so, you know, but that's what I learned. He said, you know what? You might not realize this, but every time you take a step, it's going to be the same foot. I thought I never knew that. You probably put on the, like you put on your shoes, you probably always go left then right or right then left. Some of these things are minor and insignificant, but some of them are meaningful and impacting. So the Apostle Paul, here's something that he said. He said, uh, all things are lawful, but not all things are beneficial. In other words, a lot of the things that you do, they're not necessarily sinful from a bad place, right? But they are impacting your life. And they might be inhibiting you. They're not helping you. And if I, had, <laughs> if I had a plan for you this year, it would be to help you. It would be to bless you. It would be for you to have the greatest year that you could have. And I think that understanding something about who we are, like because we, yes, we are spiritual beings, but we are physical creatures at the same time. And I think we've got to understand this as well. Now, here's something that's interesting. The Bible only uses the habit word habit in one place. I'm going to read it later on, but, but it uses the word habit, at least in, in the New Testament. And so considering habits are so impacting, I thought, wow, it's so amazing that that word is only used once. But here's what's really interesting. In the Scriptures, if we were to read um, uh, uh, and try to find the word that they would use to describe habits, we would find the word walk. Walk is the word that the Scriptures would use for habits. Here's what the Bible means when it talks about your walk. It means an ingrained pattern of behaviour. It refers to it as your walk. What would we call that? We'd call that a habit. And I want to read three Scriptures to you just to kick this thing off so you can see what I'm talking about and fully understand it. Psalm one, blessed is the man who walks, not in the counsel of the wicked. Blessed is the man, right, who doesn't repeatedly take the counsel of wicked people. That makes sense to me. Because if you have this repeated pattern of behavior where you just go to find the wrong advice and you take it, and how many of you know that you can always go find the advice you want, right? So if you just go and find people that are gonna tell you what you want, right, and, and they're not the right people, well, you're not gonna be blessed. John, Second uh, John, verse six, it says, and this is love, that we walk, that we have a pattern of behavior that's according to His commandments. Wow, look at that bear fruit in keeping with repentance. Let your lifestyle be one that's reflective of the things that Jesus has said. Let Jesus's words and the Bible's commands be a repeated pattern of behavior in your life. It goes on to say, this is the, the, the commandment, just as you have heard from the beginning, that you should walk in it. You should have a repeated pattern in your life of always selecting what God says over what you think and what other people say. It should be a repeated pattern of your, hey guys, get into the right habits because you know, habits aren't all bad. A lot of habits can be good. I mean, most of what I'm talking about today is making sure that you're in the right place to get the right habits in your life. Why? Because they make a big impact. Here's another one, Ephesians 5, 15 to 16. Look carefully then at how you walk. Look carefully then at the repeated patterns of behavior. Look carefully then at the habits that you have in your life. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the best use of time. That's a phrase in the Old Testament, right? Sorry, in the the New Testament. It's a phrase in the Greek, right? That means to seize the opportunity. Guys, we got time. We got time to make the right decisions and it's daylight right now and we have, you know, the year ahead of us and today in front of us and the week ahead and the month ahead, right? Well, we got time. So seize the opportunities right now that you have and think about the habits that are in your life. Make best use of the time because the days are evil. In other words, what that really means is we don't really have time to muck around. It's not time for games. It's not time for delaying what God is saying. I could tell you in my own life, I did this for a long time, for for a while before I ended up back in church. I was playing games. I said one day, but not today. Listen, we don't even know when the last day is coming. So my point is really stop playing games. We don't have time to muck around. We gotta think about the habits that are directing our life so we can get on with the kingdom vision that God has put in our hearts and our lives your walk is what? Your walk is the ingrained pattern of behavior that you have in your life and small habits over time have a big impact in your life. If you get what I'm talking about today, your year will look different. Your life will look different. Let let me give you an example of this. Um, I'm not even going to ask the question, but I don't know how many people have had to plan at some point in their life to lose weight. And then what happens is that you have these little snacks. What do we call it? snack incident, right? So you have a snack incident, right? How many snack incidents can you have before you realize you're just derailing everything that you're trying to get. Like, so your heart's in the right direction. You got vision for your life. I wanna lose weight. I wanna look fit. I wanna, you know, be healthy. The problem is you keep snacking. That's oh, just a small snack. Yeah, six small snacks a day adds up to like a couple of meals that you didn't plan on having. And I've discovered that snacks are rarely healthy if ever. And so you see that these small things compounded over time, they make a huge impact in your life. So what's my point? Well, my point is simply this. Your heart plans the way, even if it's kingdom vision, your heart plans the way. The problem is your habits get in the way. Your heart plans the way. It's just your, your, your habits, they keep getting in the way. And unless you are intentional about how you live this life, your life this year, you could repeat a lot of what happened last year. Now, the whole reason that we have vision in the first place is because we don't want to be where we are, right? Because what is vision? It's preferred picture of the future. It's something that you want in your life or something that God has spoken to you. And you're not there now, which is why we call it vision. Otherwise we'd simply call it reality. Um, but it's not where you are. Uh, you can see where you want to be. And we must understand how these things happen over time and the small things that affect it. So you might have habits or behaviors. Some of them are healthy. Congratulations, God bless you. Some of them are unhealthy. And if I was to be sit down and we had a coffee and you didn't have to put up your hand in front of everyone, and you were just gonna be honest, you probably have a few, just one or two at least, right? Unhealthy behaviors that are not necessarily sinful, but they're not exactly helping you live out the vision that God has got for your life. So the theme for 2022 for Bright Church is overflow, right? It's overflow. And if we want the right overflow, we need to sow the right seeds. Yep. I have discovered that you can't plant lemon tree seeds and harvest apples. I can't, if I plant lemon trees, all I end up with is a bucket full of lemons. Yep. I can't do it. It's, I can't change it. it so, so what does that mean? Here's the point of today. And I really hope that you get this, right? It doesn't matter what you want. You will always harvest your habits. You will always harvest your habits. Many of you know this, and I don't know if you've ever thought about it, but you already know that this is true. You know this is true when you're watching TV and it's late at night and you don't want tomorrow to come. So you say, I will have an early bed. But because when you go to sleep, it's like magic and you wake up and the next day is there, And you don't want it to be there just yet you push back that time by watching another episode of something or staying up extra late and you tell yourself it'll be fine right but what happens the next day right you push it it's like 12 o'clock then you feel terrible because you were going to bed at 10 o'clock. What happens the next day? The alarm goes off, but you're tired and you tell yourself, I need a full eight hours to, be, to really operate. So you sleep in, you miss your gym, you miss your routine, you miss your prayer time, and you're tired throughout the day. And if you repeat this over time, you are unproductive at work. And what happens? You get to the next night and you're already tired because you just didn't do the day how you planned it. So now it's 10 o'clock and you go, I really should go to bed, but then tomorrow will be here and you repeat the pattern, right? And I'm saying it's just not a healthy pattern to be in. So if you've ever done that in your life, and if you tell me you haven't, I'm calling you a liar today and you need prayer, okay? So so everyone's done this at one point and we know how it impacts our lives. doesn't matter what you thought you were gonna do, the next day you are harvesting tiredness from staying up extra late. doesn't matter what you said, you had the heart for it. You just didn't do the right things. Well um i read a book a couple of years ago it's by a guy uh called james clear and it's called atomic habits i don't know if you've read it but honestly it's a secular book and i would say you should read this book it is incredibly powerful and teaches you so much but james clear Um, says some absolutely astounding things about forming the right habits. And what I find really interesting and in so many ways astonishing is a lot of the ideas that James Clear has are already in the Bible. Have you discovered that even when it comes to psychology and all kinds of ideas and scientific research, when we get all the information, a lot of it comes back to stuff that was written a couple of thousand years ago. And you're like, what? We're, like sometimes, I don't know about you, have you ever watched a TED Talk and you're like, yeah, we talk about this in church every week. Like, you know, like, yeah, well, that's what my small group does. I I knew this when I was 15. You know, like, how does the world not know this? It's because we pay attention to the words that are in this book. But what I thought would be really interesting is to look at the most powerful principles that are scientifically proven and completely biblical at the same time and see where we end up. Can we do that today? And and here's And here's the whole point, right? If you get this today, and you apply what I'm talking about today, it is going to have a big impact on your life. You understand? Yeah. All right, cool. So, so here is the first one that I think is really important. Again, this these are actually James Clear's word, and then I'm gonna show you where it's biblical, right? Number one, you need to have the right environment. Yeah. You need to have the right environment. Yeah. It's incredibly important. Dutch researchers, discovered something about electrical meters and energy usage in people's houses. They discovered that when um, the meter box is placed in the basement of someone's house, they use more electricity. And when the meter box is placed in the living room, right, they use less electricity. And believe it or not, it's got nothing to do with electricity. The reason why you use less electricity is because when things are front and center and when you see them all the time, it reminds you. So people who had their meter box in a living room or in a main walking area were reminded of the fact that they were using electrical energy. And what did they do? They flicked all the lights off in their house, but then that becomes a habit. So what happens? They just use less electricity. What did it begin with? It began with the environment. You ever heard the saying, out of sight, out of mind? This is so true. This happens to people all of the time. This impacts your life and the lives of people you know in a big and profound way. James Clear said this, and this is a direct quote. He said, motivation is overrated. Environments matter more. I wonder how many times we haven't got to where we wanna be and we said, I just struggle with motivation. He says motivation is overrated. It's not useless, it's important, right? Intrinsic motivation. But getting into the right environments is even more powerful. And so it's not about, hey, where do you wanna go? It's about who are you with right now? Because when I talk about environments, I'm not talking about just where you're standing and, and the room that you're in. Have you, have you, did you know the apostle Paul, he said this, bad company corrupts good morals. You ever heard that? Yeah. Bad company corrupts good morals. A more secular version of that would be, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. You ever heard that? Yeah. Why? Because who you're with has a huge impact on your life. Yeah. And it's the environment. It's the people that you're with. It's who you surround yourself with. Something that Jesus said to His disciples is He said, beware of the leaven of the pharisees what is leaven leaven is influence in other words when you have people around you they influence you and so you need to be aware of the influences that you have in your life because you can have your bible reading plan and you can have all the dreams and vision in your heart kingdom vision in your heart And I tell you today, if you put yourself in the wrong environment, surround yourself with the wrong people, if you take the wrong counsel, and I already said it today, that you know where to go to find someone that has the opinion that you want, the perspective that you want, Sometimes the truth is what we need is to be whipped into shape. That's why people hire PTs. What we need is someone to come along every now and then and say, you can't think like that. That's not true. Don't say that. But we live in a culture where we don't like to be told, you do you and I'll do me. Don't talk to me about how to live my life. It's my life. I'll live it the way that I want. Fine, if that's the way that you wanna do it. But what if you got yourself into the right environments? What could that be? Oh, well, let's do some of the obvious. Church, small group, having good friends that speak into your life. Seriously, think about this right now. There are people every year that we talk to about joining a small group and they don't want to do it and they resist community and they don't want to be part of the culture. They come into the building and they tick the religious box. I came in, I heard the message and they leave. But they're never challenged. No one knows who they are. We don't know what's going on in their life. There's a reason why discipleship is such a big part of the New Testament. Why Jesus says, go out into the world and make disciples. The problem is finding people that say, I will let you speak into my life. I will take a teachable spirit and attitude. And you know what? If we're going to expect that other people are going to be teachable and you want to disciple others, you've got to have that idea yourself. Yeah. You, you, you've got to carry that mentality yourself. You know, I've got to learn. I've got to grow. I don't know everything. There should occasionally, occasionally be people that come up and say, I don't think so. I don't think so. If in your life right now, if everyone has only ever agreed with you and never says, oh, I don't know if I'd see it like that, have you considered the possibility that you are simply surrounding yourself with the perspectives that you want? Now you wanna grow at the same time, right? Well, what did Jesus say? Beware of the 11, beware of the influence of the people that you've surrounded yourself with. This is incredibly important. So, So what's my point? Well, right habits, are maintained when they are immersed in the right environments. Right habits are maintained. What what, what does Psalm 1-1 say? Blessed is the man who walks, has the the repeated pattern of behavior that doesn't take the counsel of the wicked, Mm. right, who allows himself to be corrected. And if you do this, you will, Day by day, and step by step, get closer to the kingdom vision that God has put in your heart. You, you need to think about it. It's already influencing your life right now. It's already happening. Think about it. Think about where you want to go and think about who you want to become. I was chatting with a friend of mine recently, and he said something really interesting. He, he was telling me about some friends that he had. And his friends have not been in church. They would consider themselves to be Christian people. They just haven't been in church for many, many years. And, you know, disenfranchised, whatever it is, right? You know, had some challenges. Well, yeah. (laughs) Welcome. Uh, We're not peddling perfection here, right? Uh you know, like I have challenges, and this is a church that I lead. Uh, we all We all encounter stuff, but you know that seems to be consistent in every relationship setting it didn 't matter if it was a church wouldn 't matter if it was your workplace. You ever disagreed with somebody in your workplace? Yeah, you have yeah yeah yeah. yeah. What about your spouse? Yeah, you have, and you love them you know and and so what 's what's, what's the point? Well you know't uh, we, we, we shouldn 't shrink away from environments just because occasionally we disagree we 've got to be more committed than that, right? Come on. You know, so these guys, anyway, the, my point was really that these guys, they, they haven't been in, in, in church for, for many years. And my friend said to me, he said, I've never seen anyone leave church and become more passionate about the kingdom of God. Yeah. Yeah. So true. And I thought, yep. I've seen plenty of people on their way out say, you know, I will be. And assume that, that, that they will be. I've just, you know, honestly, to be honest, guys, I've, I've been doing this a little while now. I've never seen anyone walk away from church and become more passionate about God and go on to make disciples and to serve God in, in profound ways, right? I've just, I've just never seen it. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying that I've never seen it and I don't know anyone who has. Right. Why is that? It's got to be about the environment, right? Surely it's got an impact there. Because when people are in the environment of church, and, and, and what do we call church? Right. Well, it is not just this building. And we know that. It is about the people that we're around too. But there is something about being in this place. All right just for Sunday morning. Uh, So let me just project. There's something about being in here, in worship on Sunday that impacts me in a profound way that I cannot replicate on my own with my AirPods. I can't do it. And a lot of it, yeah, sure, it's got something to do with what's happening up here. It's the atmosphere. But you know what? It's more than that. It's about the people you know, like I can't, I can't just watch online and live this thing out properly. I can't, I can't. You know, if, if I was to live this out properly, or if I was to just watch online and I, and I get the, I get the attraction to it, right? Because, you know, you don't have to uh, get dressed, you're still in your PJs, if, you know, church finishes. You can eat all the way through church, you know? You get to the end, there's no, for those people that are inclined, no awkward conversations in the foyer. You don't have to avoid anything that's uncomfortable. The problem is, it's like 100% consumer mentality. It is just about, what can i get i've discovered that life is so much more about what can i give you know what did jesus say if you want to be the greatest you got to be the servant right i find it impossible to serve when all i'm doing is just viewing from the comfort of my space and come on like i'm not i'm not saying that you know it's a sin. You know, like I say, hey, you know, don't ever watch online, please, for the love of God. (laughs) We're so glad that you're watching right now. Okay. And we are so glad that while you're on holidays, having a wonderful time, wherever you are, you can tune in at this moment right now. We're so glad for technology. And when we're in lockdown, we can do this. So praise God. But please, for the love of God, don't live in this space forever because we weren't designed to be consumers. We were meant to be contributors, okay? So, what are we meant to do? We've got to get into the right environment. We've got to get into the right environment. It's so important. Listen to the scriptures. It's not because it's not just me and, and this generation that's felt like this. Paul the Apostle said in Hebrews 10, 24 to 25, and let us consider, let's think for a moment, how to stir up one another and not in the Aussie way. Because we are so graced and gifted at doing that. Let us consider how to stir up one another to what? To love and good works. Uh, to me, I don't know about you, but honestly, guys, that's life on life, yeah? yeah? Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. I think we need to be environments with lives that are transparent enough that other people can see what God wants to do in our lives and call it out. Yeah. It's, it's like, look, Paul's not saying we need to get together so that we can be accountable for the sake of being accountable. It's so much better than that, everybody. Let's get together and stir up one another. Do you know what you're good at? Do you know how gifted you are? Do you know how graced you are? God wants to do this in your life. God wants to do that in your life. Come on, everybody. Get together and stir up one another to good works. Think about it when you come be a contributor. And it doesn't matter if you're serving on the day or not. You're standing in the foyer. God drops a word into your heart, a word into your spirit. Give it away, encourage someone, speak, begin to prophesy in Jesus' Name over their lives. You might just shift somebody's life in a massive way and you weren't even rostered on that day. Do you get what I'm saying? Let's get a picture and vision of what it really means to be in the right environment. He goes on to say not neglecting to meet together as is the, The right, the habit, the pattern that we see is neglect. I'm just neglecting or coming in and leaving, not building relationships or connecting. You do you, I'll do me, don't tell me, blah, blah, blah. You get the point, right? So, Come on, let's do better than that. Not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but what? Encouraging all uh, one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. The day is the last day. Do you know when it is? Because I don't, and if you do, you're lying because none of us do. I don't know when it's going to happen. What's my point? I don't have time to waste no time for playing games. No time to form the wrong habits and neglect. No time to push off and shelve what God has already spoken and said. Why are you shelving and neglecting when God's calling and pushing? Come on, we can do better than this. And and, and really, come on, let's think about it. Where we are today has a profound impact on how we live tomorrow and where we end up. Here's another thing that james clear said about habits that i found even more astonishing this next line that i have this is a direct quote out of the book he said the foundation of every lasting um change is identity um, they just discovered this and i was like And so there's an element of like, wow, for me. Wow, that after all the research, that they would say that the foundation of every lasting change is identity. So wow, that it was discovered to be one of the most impacting things that you can think about in your life. But at the same time, you know, like there is an element of, well, duh, you know. Welcome to the Christian faith. This is like 101. It is hard to maintain kingdom vision for your life when you're always fighting for your identity. Last week, I shared, and I'm not going to do it today for the sake of time, but this story about Jesus who went out to the desert for 40 days He fasted and then he was tempted. And the very first thing that the devil did when he came and tempted Jesus, where did he start? With his identity. The first words he spoke to him was, if you really are the son of God, as if to question it. Are you really who you think you are? The good thing is, is that Jesus, he wasn't buying it. He's like "Why don't you prove it?" He's like, "I don't need to prove it. You don't need to prove it. You know, if we want to change our mentalities, how we think about ourselves is so impacting. It matters so much. You know, one of the things that they say is, "If, if, if you want to run a marathon, don't wake up every day and say, "I need to run a marathon." They say it's, it's, it's going to help a little bit, but it's not that impacting. A more profound and impacting thought would be, I am a runner. I am a runner. This is, this is an example straight out of the book. I am a runner because runners run marathons. I'm a runner. This is who I am. This is how I think. This, this is just what I do. Identity will shape your actions in in so many ways. And the Bible's been saying this for thousands of years. I wanna wanna read to you one line of scripture that I think is so powerful. It says, if anyone is in Christ, before I finish the rest of the scripture, what does that really mean to be in Christ? Well, that is just the gospel. When we are in Christ, to anybody who's new, who doesn't understand what, It means to be in Christ. Sometimes we have these spiritual things that we say. Let's take it out of the spiritual stratosphere, make it really practical so we can understand it. What does that mean? Well, to be in Christ simply means that you recognize that you are not perfect, that you need a Savior to help you, Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins to redeem us from the curse of sin, from the, from the law. We, we don't have to be perfect, but we do need to be in Christ. How do I do that? Well, easy. I say a prayer from my heart that communicates my understanding that I'm not perfect and I need help, that I need to be forgiven for my mistakes. And you say that prayer in your heart and what happens? In that moment, you are saved by what? Works? No, by grace. You are saved by grace. That's what the Gospel is about. Paul says this, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old, well, has passed away and the new has come. The new has come. I'm not what I used to do and to a certain extent, and not in a way to take advantage of the grace of God, I'm not even what I do now, as such, is His sustaining grace and favor over my life. I'm redeemed at every moment, in every situation. So, so do i make mistakes yeah are some of them sinful yeah am i a sinner no i'm declared righteous by faith in christ and, and, and you know when, when you're a christian you've got to hold this this mentality why do i say this because i don't know how many people have had kingdom vision in their hearts only to encounter spiritual opposition just like jesus did in the desert where the enemy comes and says who do you think you are you think that God would ever use you? You think that God would use you? I know what's in your history. I know what you've done. The devil is an expert at bringing up things that you've been forgiven for and presenting them like a present reality. Like that's really who you are. And the whole reason he's doing it to you is the same motivation he tried to do it to Jesus. Cause if he can get you focused on the fight for your identity, you'll forget that you've been purposed for kingdom things. You've been purposed. You have kingdom vision in your heart. You need to know who you are. That spiritual battle affects and impacts so many people. And here is how you win. It's it's very easy. You just remember the gospel. I'm saved by grace through faith in Christ. I am who He says I am. I am not what I've done and not as an excuse to sin, but as freedom to live for Christ. And if you get what I'm talking about today, I mean, you get into the right environments. You get around the right people. You have the right people speaking into your life. You know who you are. You know what God said to you. You know that you're called. You know that you're graced. You know that you're a new creation in Christ and you are not what you've been forgiven for, but you are who Jesus says you are. Those are two of the most impacting and powerful things that you could apply to yourself, your life this year that would see you go on to do whatever it is that God has asked you to do, the kingdom vision that's in your heart. So you have kingdom plans for this year, awesome. If you don't, hey, Make the best use of the time that you've got. We have today, we have this week, we have this month, we have this year. Come on, let's think right. Let's get ourselves into the right place. Motivation's overrated. Get into the right environment, around the right people. Know who you are and then watch God begin to unfold those things in your life. You get it? Let me pray for you. Jesus, I just thank You for every single person who's here today. Lord, they love You. They wanna know You. They do know You, but they want more. They wanna go deeper. I pray in Jesus' Name, whether people are sitting here today or they're watching online today, I pray that God, that they would begin to put themselves in the right environment around the right people, that Lord, each one of us would have that teachable heart, that teachable spirit to grow, to learn, to develop, I pray for anyone today who is coming under the condemnation of the devil right now, who maybe for some reason, maybe they have too felt disenfranchised. Maybe they too have struggled with their passion. But God, I pray in Jesus' name that all those leverage points in their life that the enemy would use to pull people away from the kingdom vision that's in their heart. I pray in Jesus' Name that they would have a revelation of who You are and who they are in You. And I pray, God, that as they seek Your face, You are a rewarder of those who diligently seek You. And as we seek You and, and do these things that we've heard about today, I pray, God, that You would begin to release not just kingdom vision, but kingdom fruit in their lives. And I pray day by day that it wouldn't be the small sacrifice or this or this, the small things, the small habits that are yielding the, the wrong kind of fruit. I pray that they wouldn't be self-sabotaging by doing those small things, but God, that they'd stay focused, that they'd stay on point. And I pray, God. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. I pray for your church today that you would advance your kingdom across the earth. I pray for every single person, whether they're here today or watching online, that Lord, they would realize that they are called, gifted and graced in some way to do something. And I pray God that we would continue day by day to see your church grow and expand. And it's not just because we're moving out, but it's because others are coming in. Lord, let there be a real heart for discipleship. Let there be a real spirit of evangelism. Let the things of your kingdom absolutely consume us. And as we begin to make plans this year, I pray that in our hearts, we would be arrested by the kingdom. Let the presence of your spirit permeate our hearts, permeate our lives, all of our daily decisions. I pray that we're consumed with our thoughts about you and that our passion, I pray for those that's passion is low, begin to stir them again, God. We'd stir them in this place, but if they're out in another place in their own space, I pray, God, that you Begin to stir them again. Bring to to their recollection the things that have been shelved that were never meant to, but are for such a time as this. And I pray, God, that you breathe on your church. Move again. Just as we sang before, we do need a fresh wind. We do need a fresh uh, uh, spirit. We need you to move on our lives. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Stay where you are for one minute. Hey, thanks for listening to the Bright Weekly Podcast. We hope you're encouraged today and we'd love to see you at one of our services. So to connect further with us, head over to brightchurch.com.